Hello, welcome to another episode of Unpacking Neuroqueerness. This is your host, George Muniz Gund. Today, I wanted to talk about autism and relationship traumas. This is... Relationships are one of the main things in life that we struggle with. And this mean this isn't just romantic relationships. This is friendships, romantic relationships, all kind of relationships, business relationships sometimes. And uh, because of the way society is built around neurotypical societal norms of communication that don't acknowledge other forms of communication such as autistic communication, ADHD communication, you know, neurodivergent communication in general. It uh, ends up being a struggle to um, for us to maintain relationships even though we really want to maintain these relationships. We have friends um, that we lose over time, you know, partners that we lose, business partners, you know, all kinds of relationships that we end up struggling with because of the way society is built around teaching people very specific forms of communication that just get ingrained and and then there's um a misread uh you know we you know it's complicated because autistic people are very direct and um, not a lot of people are very comfortable with, with directness or able to be direct or, you know, for a lot of people, it's not the way that they tend to communicate and sometimes that overwhelms them, um, when an autistic person is very direct with them and, you know, they, that, you know, leads to the beginning of communication issues, which in turn end up being, um, end up being relationship issues be with the, will end up affecting the relationship, be it a friendship, um, or a romantic relationship or really a relationship of any kind that's how these relationships start to deteriorate. And um, I can definitely speak about this from personal experience because I've had many relationships over my life that just kind of um, faded. And and not because I wanted them to. um, And... I don't know even like if in every case if the other person wanted the same thing but we were just not our communication styles weren't matching and maybe we weren't understanding each other because of that and then there are also cases where I have been completely ignored and ghosted by people and with just no 
notion or idea whatsoever, no indication, no explanation of what went wrong and why. And so I'm just left to pick up the pieces and and really wonder forever, like, what happened? Why did this person all of a sudden stop communicating with me, even people that I had good friendships with? And then I find out that they're still communicating with other mutual friends of ours, but they're continuously, purposely ignoring me. Um, and then, because of rejection-sensitive dysphoria, because we're so used to being misinterpreted and misread and misunderstood our whole lives, I keep playing back things in my head, um, you know, from previous interactions with this person, trying to figure out what went wrong. Even though I've learned in therapy that that's not the best way to go, you have to really process and feel these feelings in order in the long term to get to a place of healing. But it's really hard sometimes when you have rejection-sensitive dysphoria from, from being rejected so much, you, you can't help but wonder what it is about you or about a specific communication or interaction that you had with a person that has caused them to not want to communicate with you anymore. Um, anyways, I had a situation like this happen to me Pretty recently, um, someone that I was friends with and we were part of a, a class together and uh, they, you know, we, we really had a connection. This person was actually also neurodivergent um, and had been just recently diagnosed. And, you know, we we really like, we were getting along quite well because of that and and then all of a sudden the class ended and I attempted to stay in touch. I sent a couple messages over the next few months or whatever. And the person just never responded. They just didn't even say, oh, hey, I've been really busy. Can't really talk right now. You know, whatever, like something clear and direct and I'll still be able to honor and respect that and understand it more importantly because it's direct. But this person chose to just stop communicating with me altogether. And then several months later, I find out that she's still communicating with another mutual friend of ours. And that was really hurtful because I was like, wow, I actually like really cared about this person. And I was actually wondering if they were okay because they weren't responding. And they were the whole time just intentionally um ignoring me and it's so funny right it's just like it's always the people that you expect the least that that this will happen <clears throat> because this person herself um had always been i'm not even sure if they use the same pronouns anymore like you know um they've always been they've always been pretty good communicators and always um, would point out how mature they are. It was a big thing. Um, you know, this person would always say, oh, you know, I'm so mature. I'm really mature. And, and she did seem mature, 
at the time. And then it's just like the most emotionally immature thing you can do, which is ghosting someone, is what this person ends up doing. So um, that's all I have to talk about today. It got a little bit personal, but, you know, I feel like sometimes we just we need to get personal on these things because it's what's going on and it's what's affecting us. And it's a good way of explaining certain things such as um, relationship struggles and rejection sensitive dysphoria and a little bit about what it means. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope you got something useful out of it, um, despite a little bit of personal ranting. Um, And I hope to see you next time.